0: As I'm here for a period of time that I do not take lightly, I believe it's one of the most important services that we can gather together as a family, as the body of Christ. And as we gather around this table today, our deacon servants will come in just a few moments and they'll service these two elements to us. But the Lord's Supper is, is more than remembering When Jesus spoke, he he spoke to his disciples saying, do this in remembrance of me. But they had not yet experienced what we have experienced in the fact that Jesus went and indeed his blood was spilled. It was poured out as a sacrifice for us, not only to save us from our sins, but to atone us and to redeem us. Listen to the Gospel of Mark this morning. When the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama Sabbathani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Some of the bystanders hearing it said, behold, he is calling Elijah and someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down and take him. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man was the son of God. Mary stood and watched in disbelief and anguish as her son, like a slaughtered lamb, His death had been foretold by the prophet Isaiah when Isaiah said he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. The scene of her son hanging on that cross like this slaughtered lamb brought back to her memory. The memory of hearing John the Baptist cry out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And yet, Mary had to think about the characteristics of a lamb. She struggled as she looked and reflected upon her son because lambs wander aimlessly, but Jesus had been very purposeful in his life and all the things that he had done. Lambs need constant care, but Jesus had been constantly giving out. He had been constantly ministering and, and reaching out and, 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 and healing the sick and, 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 and praying with those that needed encouragement and strengthening those. Lambs are slow to respond, but Jesus had always quickly responded to those that he saw in need. To Mary, it, it seemed like he had much more he had been much more like a shepherd than a lamb, and yet it seemed that for Mary's lamb there was but one ominous meaning, one ultimate purpose, sacrifice. When, when you think about what Mary must have thought about, her mind raced back to the night when the shepherd's summoned by the angel's announcement, had come to the manger, and these men who had been tending sheep that were going to be slaughtered sacrificially at the temple. This event seemed to somehow, in the mind of Mary, reinforce the meaning of her sons being the precious Lamb of God, the Paschal Lamb of Glory, I have to just pause for a moment and think that Mary must have remembered watching her son, sitting at Joseph's knee, hearing the stories of the lamb throughout the redemptive history of God. Abel had sacrificed a lamb. It was a sacrifice for an individual. Lambs were slaughtered on the night of the Exodus. Those were sacrifices for families. On the Day of Atonement, a lamb was sacrificed. It was a sacrifice for the whole nation. And now, as Mary stood before the cross, her lamb, her son, the Son of the living God, was being sacrificed, but he was a sacrifice for the whole world. For me. For you, for the citizens of this community of Bradenton, Palmetto, Parish, for the citizens of the state of Florida and for every citizen worldwide, for every person, Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God, slain before the foundation of the world. As Mary stood listening to the crowds around her, she heard the religious leaders yell, It is over. We've done it. He's no longer alive. He's dead. She heard the disciples begin, even as they walked away from the cross, she could hear them express, We're through. We don't have anything else. You see, the disciples are so much like us in that we have this tendency to forget, don't we? Jesus had told them, I'm going to die, but on the third day I'm going to rise again. They couldn't understand that. And then Mary heard the cry of her son from that cross to tell us, I paid in full, it is finished. Was he talking merely about his life? No, he was not. He was talking about what his father had sent him to do. He was talking about redemption's plan. He was talking about the fact that God, who so loved the world, gave the greatest gift of all, his only begotten son, that whosoever, and I like to say that that Alan, that John, That whosoever, you can put your name in there, would believe in him, would not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we all must be reminded of the agony that was endured by the sinless, spotless Lamb of God and the supreme cost for his salvation. But not only should we be reminded of that, we should be reminded that at some point in time in our lives, and if this has not yet happened, I trust that it will happen today. But at some point in time in our lives, we have come to the acknowledgement that, that we're lost, that we're sinners. You know, oftentimes being in church work and and preaching revivals in various places, sometimes I have done some pretty silly things. Imagine that. I remember one time asking in a church that I was not very familiar, I was preaching in that church, and I said, well, obviously we know that no one's perfect, that, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of, of God. Isn't that what Romans says? And, and that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And I said, so is there anyone here that's perfect? And a lady raised her hand. And I thought, oh, dear God in heaven, how do I handle this? And I, 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 I thought for just a moment, and I, I thought she was being facetious. I thought she was being funny. And I said, oh, welcome to the local Liars Club. Oh my goodness. It was as if I, and she later came up to the pastor. I was glad I wasn't pastor of that church, but she came up to the pastor and told him, you know, just how perfect she really was. Can I give you a, a word this morning? It's not profound. It's not prolific. It's not any of those adjectives that would, but, but all of us are sinners. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, you're a sinner. Okay, now don't elaborate. <laughs> but now listen, here's the good news. We, we can't save ourselves. It's impossible. You know, uh, down through the years, people have said to me, you know, you, you were raised in a parsonage. You're a preacher's kid. Yeah, God had to work overtime on this one, trust me. <laughs> Unless you be laughing, it's because I used to play with the deacons' kids. <laughs> that's that's the problem. No, no. Just just kidding. Some of you are looking really, really spiritual right now. All of us have sinned. I don't care what, where you came from. You know, I count it a privilege to have been raised in the church. I, I joke a lot about it, but I I'm telling you, my heritage, my my past, my upbringing, I I was raised by two wonderful, wonderful, godly mom and dad. I'm blessed, I know I am. I, I always tell people, you know, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church every Sunday and every Wednesday night, every Sunday night, even when they had committee meetings, my dad would drag me to church. But man, am I blessed. But can I tell you something? If you weren't raised in church, if you you didn't grow up in this, if you didn't didn't have that, listen to me. We all stand on on, on the same ground at the foot of the cross. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God didn 't matter if I grew up in a parsonage didn 't matter if I grew up in a church I mean it, 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 it was wonderful. it was all those things, but I had to come to a point in a place in my life like every one of us have to come to and say god i can 't save myself i don 't have the ability i can't work my way to heaven i can 't merit my way to heaven, but Lord Jesus, you died for me, and you rose again, and you said that if I would come to you and repent of my sin and trust you alone for my salvation you would exchange your life for mine you would atone my sin you know a lot of times people say and, and i wrote some of these down this morning there's some things that god doesn't know i know that may take some of you off uh, off you know surprise a little bit when i say that god doesn't know these things but 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 i was thinking about this this morning early this morning god does not know how to love you more than he already does <laughs> he does not know how to ignore sin even though in this country and in this time in which we're living people think that god just somehow Has flippantly forgot sin he has not I'm not always politically correct nor do I want to be I want to be biblically correct but I will tell you that God does not ignore sin He, he God God does not know how to ignore sin he does not know how to turn away a repentant sinner He does not know another way to be saved other than through his son. And he does not know a better time to be saved than right now. I was thinking about that early this morning and I thought, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share just those things this morning. It'll probably develop into a message somewhere down the road. But listen to me, the reason we gather around this table today is indeed to remember Think about what it cost. But we also gather around this table today for opportunity's sake because in this congregation this morning, I would almost guarantee you there is someone who has never come to Christ and said, Lord Jesus, I need you. I need you to forgive me of my sin. I repent of my sin. I turn away from my sin, and I trust you alone. Years ago, I was traveling in the, in the island of Jamaica with my father. And for many years, he would take me there. And then for several years of my life, after I uh, became a pastor, I would go and help plant churches and start churches and build churches there. I shall never forget on one Sunday evening at the St. John's Baptist Church out in the middle of that island, they had dropped me off and, and there in in Jamaica, most of the time, you sing for two and three hours before you ever get the opportunity to preach. I know some of you are saying, "Oh dear Jesus, I hope we don't start doing that around here, but it was it was amazing because most of the people would come and it was one of the few churches that i've ever been in that that the pastor who was traveling from church to church he had dropped me off and i guess one of the deacons had said to him after the first night that i preached there he said listen we like pastor Allen, but he just doesn't preach long enough i said oh dear god i've died and gone to heaven and, and, and the pastor said, listen, they want you to stay, but if you can't preach longer tomorrow, I said, don't worry. about. Listen, I preached through the New Testament the next night. <laughs> I mean, I preached, I preached, but that one night, the last night, we'd had such a wonderful time, and, and they'd asked me to serve the Lord's Supper. I'll never forget that night of servicing the Lord's Supper. And after church was over, They turned out the three light bulbs that were in that building and it was dark. And then one by one, I saw them pick up these old Coke bottles with kerosene in the bottle with a rag sticking out of the bottle and they would light that flame. Some of them walking eight miles home. And I stood there watching these lights flicker through the hills and the mountainsides of Jamaica and I could hear reverberating Doug back down to the valley. This song, Christ is all I need. Christ is all I need. He's all I need. For me he died. For me, he was crucified. Christ is all I need. Listen to me. Christ is all you need. Christ is all I need. And today as we celebrate the Lord's Supper, as we celebrate not only the fact that we have been redeemed, we celebrate the fact that he is coming again could be today this morning i want to ask you a question do you know do you know christ do you know for certain today that if you were to die today you'd go to heaven based upon the finished work of christ if you do then you have great reason to celebrate i left this morning i jumped in my little car i had the top down it was a perfect day to drive to to church with your top down. The only problem is it messes up your hair. So I got here. And it took me about 20 seconds to take care of my hair. But as I was driving, I was listening. I was rejoicing because you know what? If this is my last day, if this is my last day to share with you, I know for certain that where I'm going, Christ is there. It's called heaven. Do you know that? If you don't, the good news is you can. Just a moment. We're going to have what's called an invitation. It's that simple. Doug mentioned it, and he was spot on. The music this morning, and it's always good, but was especially wonderful. It blessed my my heart. I just wanted us to continue to sing and to worship because today as we worship, as Doug shared with us, Christ is here. Ladies and gentlemen, he is here. And he wants to know you. He wants to have a personal relationship with you. This memorial meal is for believers. It's, it's really for believers only. Now, if today you're a believer and you're not a part of this church, you're not a, part, a member of this church, it's okay. You're part of the big family of God. You can receive this. But if you've never trusted Christ alone to be your Lord and Savior, oh, this meal is not for you, but it can be. Because this Christ Christ. Who died for you wants to know you he wants to establish that personal relationship with you right now And so I'm going to ask you would you like to know Christ some of you here today have never trusted Christ to be your Lord and Savior this church this body of believers you don't have to worry about them you don't have they will rejoice If someone today comes and says, Pastor, I want to know Christ. We'll kneel here together. We'll pray together. And we'll ask God by His Son Jesus to save you and to give you this exchange life, this new life. If today... You want to be a part of this fellowship what a wonderful day to join this church by transfer of letters statement of faith or come today and and say you know I've never been baptized I want to publicly profess that I know Christ and I want to be immersed buried with him in baptism raised to walk in newness of life we'll rejoice with you today because that's why this church exists we exist to share Christ Jesus and what he's done. I want you to bow your heads with me and close your eyes and this is the invitation time now. There are going to be those who would love to pray with you that are going to stand here at the altar. They're going to stand here at the front of this worship center and they're going to be here to meet with you, to pray with you. Our deacons are going to